comments up on the screen. There may be questions. And good evening. We are live. We're here for another episode of Unstoppable Overcomers. This is number 10. I'm super excited. And I really would love to meet for you guys to meet my amazing friend, uh, Gina Dillon. Gina and I are like BFFs and we do our walking dates and we just have amazing fun. And uh, I just love her to death and she is an amazing lady. And I can't wait to hear her story. So Gina, welcome to the show. Oh my gosh, thank you so much. I'm so very humbled and honored to be able to serve everybody today. We've had such amazing walk and talks haven't we, Dorothy, and really oh, kind of yes. untangled the whole planet, right? All the problems of the, we've solved everything. So Problems of the world. <laughs> problems of the world. We've solved it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we didn't yeah. even need alcohol all the time. No, either. it was just, it was just, yeah, walk and talk, but it was perfect. It was perfect. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's exciting because, um, you know, my journey, even with our talking about being an overcomer, right, in your own life. Right. Um, it really, I mean, it, the story started before I was even born. And, you know, my dad, um, we are, we immigrated to this country from Canada, from um, Greece. I was born in Greece. And, you know, during the war, my dad, only the last two or three years of his life, he really shared with me um, what was it like to overcome his problems during the war and growing up. And it really gave me a very different perspective and a very huge humbling perspective on though that era and that generation and what they had to go through right we have road rage and we like <laughs> right um i and may be guilty of road rage i may be <laughs> me too i got it me too why is your signal not on buddy okay um but it really just the last few years of his life he really just really started to open up and and i i saw so much of what he had overcome in his life. And when I thought back and really started putting the pieces together, what I did see is that he gave all that to me, both my parents. Yeah. And, you know, everything was so unpredictable at that time, you know, when, when they were in a small little town in, in Greece. And, uh, you know, they, of course, Second World War, they had you know, the Germans come in and they had the Italians, they had everybody in Greece. And um, it really brought him into um, an existence of there might not be a tomorrow. So celebrate today. And let's like really living in survival mode, right? Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I remember the one story that really brings to mind and, and he, this is where the overcomer really was very present for him and he passed it on to me and I, I live it every day. And I remember him telling me the story and I only heard it probably the last five years because he wasn't willing to talk about it before because all those memories were so painful and so raw. And, um, you know, one day I was playing with his hair and he said, I, there was a big divot. And I thought, oh. I said, dad, what, what is that? He goes, just, just leave it alone, it's fine. And I dug enough one day that we were at a doctor's appointment with him and I, you know, took my phone and took my phone and I, I pressed, record and I just interviewed him. You know, just tell me about your favorite memory when you were a child. Tell me about, you know, the most painful things that you had to go through. And, and it really took a lot of drawing out um, for him to, to share some of this stuff. And crazy. Crazy. 
um, one of the situations where he had that he really was quite evident was when, um, you know, they caught him actually stealing bread, him and his cousin. And they brought the kids to the firing line. And because my dad was a child, they said, I'm not, I'm not, there was, you know, one soldier over here with my dad. And then there was a hole that they would just basically shoot you. The other soldier would shoot you and push you into the hole. And then all the bodies on top, right? Right. And so the the fellow with the rifle, the soldier with a rifle said, I can't shoot him. He's my dad spoke a little bit of German and he said, I can't shoot him. He's a child. He goes, if you don't do it, I'm gonna take my rifle. And that's where the divot came from. Ooh. So they hit him on the head, they threw him into the pit, they shot a whole bunch of other people, unfortunate souls, and they threw him on top of my dad. So in that moment, my dad had to decide either he stayed in the pit or he had to overcome his position and put the bodies one on top of the other to get out of the pit. And in that moment in time, he decided that he was so young that he would definitely move everything that he needed to do and get out of that pit. I can't even imagine having yeah. to go through that. I mean, yeah. here we are complaining because yeah. we're in the middle of this pandemic, right? Oh, and we can't yeah. leave and we can't see yeah. our families. But could you imagine as a young child having all these dead bodies on top of you and having to climb your way out of that? Like that is just, I'm getting goosebumps as you're yeah. telling me a story. Wow. Yeah. So from that perspective, any when he was telling the story to me and, you know, you could see his, his body was, you know, tensing up. You could see, you know, his eyes would look down and we had lots of tears. We had like over an hour and a half waiting for this cardiologist. So we had lots of time <laughs> on our hands. Yeah. Um, but, you know, he said in that moment, I decided that I was going to live. And he couldn't go home. So he went up the hill and he decided that he was going to knock on someone's door. And luckily, you know, some cute little yaya opened the door and, and they didn't have medications or anything. And she put a whole bunch of herbs and stuff and and basically healed him. And then two months, I mean, my grandmother, his mother thought that she was, he was gone, right? So she, they didn't have church, but she lit her candle and said her prayers and thought he was gone. Um, but we don't know what that's like. So it's interesting that this, this pandemic is really bringing people into, and I think people into a space of asking those questions, mm-hmm. right? Where, what, where am I in my time in my life? Am I going to fight through this? Um, how do I want to show up right today? Um, and there, there's a time where they're starting to real, reanalyze their, their workspace, right? their relationships, uh, their relationship with work, their relationship with the people that are surrounding them, right? Uh, Friends and family. And uh, so it's it's an interesting space that we're at right now. Right. Yeah. Just curious, did you ask him as he was telling you that story, what he emotions he was going through at that time as he was digging himself out of the dead bodies? Yeah, he actually I did. And it was a very I I actually have the whole interview and I listen to it periodically every so often. Right. And it was only um, actually last week that it was his fourth anniversary of him passing and going home. 
And so I do listen to it every so often because it reminds me because I, I he, he did say that, you know, he, he felt what he felt is he felt more sadness for his mother. That she would feel that he'd be gone. Right. Right. And how was she going to deal with it? And they had already lost um, the the dad, the, my grandfather, to gangrene. Right. Mm-hmm. And just the stories of that time. Um, and he always told me, even as a young child, he'd always say to me, he said, you can do anything. You have to believe this. You have to believe there is nothing else. There is no failure. You create failure in your life. You create failure in your mind. And, you know, there is no real um there is no real um, pain. There's only there's only what we create, right? Right. It's only what we create, and so it's in it. I go back to you know, and I asked my dad. I said, you know, what what's, what was certain about that time? He said, well, what was certain about that time is that we were poor, we were starving, and that we were certain that this would not last. Right. And I remember those words. So having certainty in a situation where we think that this, I mean, this is horrible. This will, this will, this needs to go. It's only a certain time in our life that we have, um, you know, uncertainty, but we have to be certain that there's a better day coming. Yes. And through, and through faith and through, our belief systems and the people we surround ourselves with every single day, um, all those things will, will come because they had nothing. I mean, they had nothing, they had nothing to eat. They had, they had no money. Um, there was war, there was bombs going off all the time, but that's, I still remember is just that emotion. And, um, yeah. So was he ever able to go back to his, his, uh, mom's or his grandma's? Yeah. It took but two oh. months of healing, and oh, uh, two months of healing. He just strolled <laughs> in one day. Happy endings. <laughs> <laughs> he just strolled in one day, and uh, when he strolled in, he said, "He said, my mom. He she she fell to her knees, and all she could do was cry on the floor, from excitement. Right, for sure. And uh, you know, from from that perspective, he that's where he lived, and I, that's what I kept on saying to him. So how did you live every day? He said, the only way I lived every day was knowing that this situation would not last. They couldn't have war forever. Right. They would get what they needed to get and just move on. And so, you know, even the time where he was him, him and his cousin were, they were, you know, actually stealing arms, like bombs and grenades and stuff. And they would take them up through the mountains. Um, with the grenades and they would give them to the rebels because they were children all the forces were doing this because god you wouldn't kill a child would you um and so he was actually brought back to jail he was hung up um with his uh shackles um from the ceiling and uh you know he was left he was left there with his two sisters and his cousin in knee-high water sewage water and uh the soldier that was that was watching him, um, he was an Italian fellow named Mario, and uh, he said, um, you know, my dad had to basically broker his freedom. And he said, you know, if you let me go, and if you let my sisters go and my cousin go, um, we will give you what you want. And he said, you can't give me. He says, I'm only in love with one girl in the town. Her name is Maria. 
<laughs> and my, my dad happened to know that was the girl that was his neighbor. And uh, yeah. And he said, if you bring her, I love her. If you bring her, I will run through the mountains and leave you and release you. So my dad was able to negotiate their release um, by giving them and helping them safe passage through the mountains. And they left. Wow. That's incredible. Okay. You've never shared any of this with me before. I know. Ever. <laughs> yeah. So wow. I, go, I go back to, again, I go back to the belief systems that I was raised with. And I'm so grateful. Both my parents were, were that belief system. And I remember them telling me, you can do anything in your mind, anything. You just have to believe that if you are in a bad situation, that bad situation never lasts. It never lasts. No, that is true. This pandemic is not going to last. We're all going to snap some days. It feels like forever. It feels like forever. Um, but it won't last. And we're going to have a new dawn and a new way of being. And just in a space of, you know, what's the next step? And believing that we're going to get there. Having certainty that we're going to have that. We need, we need a certain portion of uncertainty in our life, right? Um, we, we like surprise, we like variety, all of us yeah. are the same way, right? Yeah, you yeah. Know. I like uh, surprises. I don't necessarily, depending on the uncertainty, I yeah. will have to say I'm not a huge fan yeah. of uncertainty with health, uh, wealth, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Like, I don't know, maybe because there's been so much of it in my life, but yeah. I mean, nothing is certain. Except nothing for what you, nothing no. is certain and nothing is, like you said, nothing is going to last forever, including this pandemic, no matter what tech form says. I know. I said no matter it what. on that. I, I said know. it. Did you say it? Oh, I God. said it. You know what? I just, but you're so right. I mean, no, most of us don't like the surprises. So we like to have, you know, some planned stuff and you have to take actions, right? You have to have a goal of what you want and have proper actions and supports and skills and all those beautiful things to create what you want. Right. Yes. Right. Exactly. And, um, you know, and so much, so many people want, and we all want a certain level of significance in our life, right. Why we yeah. do things. Right. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, some people say it's significant. It's important to them to have, you know, a million dollar house or a hundred thousand dollar car or whatever that is for them. And then there's also people that want what's called the reverse ego symbol, right? Which is, oh, I don't really want any of that. Okay, well, I know that you don't want any of that, but that's also their way of making them feel significant, which is the reverse. Sure. So, so sure. It's, it's really interesting the way, um, I guess, our mind works and how um, we feel and we believe in our belief systems as, are they're so hardwired into our into our nervous system yes. and that's what gets us in trouble or catapults us and it's funny you yeah. said that because i've had to do a lot of rewiring over the years mm -hmm. um yeah you know i i love my parents and they're absolutely amazing and they did the best they could with what they knew um so my my dad was very strict with us which i'm not saying is a bad thing but then when I have a child now and I'm trying to pass those values and those beliefs onto him, it's like, well, wait a minute. And my dad, 
I was on my knees last July because that's when the pandemic was really, and I was uh, home. I was home with Brady then too, and I'm always like, I don't know what to do with this kid. Like I was just like almost crying, and my dad goes, "Well, you know, Dorothy, you can't raise a child the same way I raised you in this day and age." And I'm like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" Because that's the only way I know how, and you always told me, yeah, you know. If I said, if I asked once and you said no, don't ever ask again. And if I asked the second or third time, you know you're going to get smacked. And, you know, not a whooping, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, I don't want CAS calling on my dad yeah. <laughs> 40 yeah. years later. But, um, you know, it's it's just, it's it's crazy. And all that hired wiring that was up here on how you know, that's how you should raise your child. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I've had to unwind a bunch of different things. And like, people are well-meaning and they give you advice. So, you know, I always stick some in the back of my mind yeah. somewhere. So when a situation box, and I guess we have to discern whether that's something that we should keep or whether we should really give it away. Because sometimes mm -hmm. it, it's not, it's well-meaning, but it's maybe not the best advice to your situation. Right. Yeah. So I, I get that. I get that. You yeah. just hit it on the head. I mean, you really have to sort and take a look at what, what belief serves me. Yeah. Right. And what yeah. belief doesn't, you know, um, serving me. Do I believe that you have to, as a child, you can't get up Dorothy Ann until you finish everything on your plate. Okay. Well, Maybe that's great, but may, might not serve right now with Brady, right? Right. And it, it's it's a it's a very individual, um, especially when we talk about children, right? So belief systems are crazy because they have the power to create and they have the power to destroy. Yeah. So um, in an area that we have anything in our environment, we, especially right now, that's why I've been talking to so many people, and they say this is the time that they're actually going introspectively. Right? And taking a look at what's working and what isn't. Yeah. And why is this working and why is this working? Right. Yeah. So uh, in taking a look at that, it's almost like taking that that internal inventory. Right. Yeah. And I find now it's so interesting because so many people, especially because we are in a space that, you know, have to have social distancing and you can't see your family or you can't, you know, beyond your bubble. Um, mm -hmm. Thank God you're in my bubble, Dorothy. We are in the bubble. <laughs> We're in the bubble. Right from the beginning. Uh, right from the beginning. That's right. Um, but you really start to take a look at the people that we have surrounded ourselves with in the past. Not saying anything bad or wrong with anybody. It's just that you really start to take inventory and you go, hmm, maybe some of these people are not good for my growth. Maybe they're holding me back. Maybe I just don't belong in their circle anymore. And that's okay. Right. So really examining that from not a good, wrong or bad, um, just from being a perspective of how do I allow them to grow and how do they help me grow? Right? Yeah. And if people put us in a space of continuously being in pain, continuously judging us or or, you know, people that are very down or criticism or negative, they really need to be in that space. And we don't have to be with them. <laughs> well, and I find there's a difference between constructive criticism and people that are just going to bitch and moan at oh, yeah. everything that you do. And nothing's ever good enough. And 
I mean, and you should be able to identify the constructive versus non, but somebody who has low self-esteem and that person that's crapping on them, you know, they take that to heart and oh gosh. you can yeah. definitely wreck a person, um, yeah. you know, when, yeah. when they're at yeah. that low point. So like you said, you have to discern who to listen to because not everybody's created equal. That's so right. And it's, again, not coming from a place of judgment no. or that they're wrong or bad or we are wrong or bad, none of that. But just coming from a space of they just need to be where they're at and destroying someone with some people, they're narcissists, unfortunately, they love to do that. That's their MO, right? That's how they their, their way of being is. And they always go back to that way of being because that's part of how they make themselves significant. Yeah. yeah. It makes that's how they make themselves feel good. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's a very simple question, but a lot of the questions that I love to ask people and we, you know, what's the purpose of my life? Like, because that question could just like blow open the doors to a lot of different things. We've had this discussion. Oh, we have several times actually. <laughs> yeah. Oh can you hear me? Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah, that's good. Sorry. They were just disconnecting. Um, but just uh, but just having that, that's a really big, almost like opens the door to transformation of just asking those really big questions. And, you know, we don't have to have really big answers. Um, you know, just can really help be, us become very vulnerable in a space of just being honest with ourselves. Yep. And, and in that honest moment, there could be a lot of tears, there could be a lot of pain, but it's almost like digging a trench. You can't, to plant a new tree, you can't just put a shallow trench, you have to make it big and you have to prepare the soil and you have to get rid of you know, the clay and the stones and everything else that doesn't belong there. And through that, you can actually fertilize, put new grass in and put new soil in and put all the nourishment in that you want that's what will make a big difference and that's what will give growth right yeah um, but you have to get your big shovel out <laughs> dig out the shit dig out shit <laughs> yeah yeah so that's you know that's that's my you know that's the story that my dad always said to me for a very long time is you know you can really be whoever you want to be and from that perspective everything is possible Exactly. Yeah. You know, whether you think you can or you think you can't, you're right either way. Is you're, the, you got it. Is, you, got it. you know, I've heard that several times. And yeah. um, I, I I have to say this last, during this pandemic, um, I have surrounded myself with a whole new mass of people. Yeah. Uh, yourself being one of them that has totally lifted me up instead of bringing me down. And I'm truly blessed to have people like you in my life that, um, you know, that do that. I mean, there's, and there are several times and I expect the truth when, you know, because there's certain people that I do trust. There's certain people that, you know, I, I take their, what they say with a grain of salt, but I know you being one of them. Yeah. You're to say, okay, I'm going to tell you what I think. And I'm like, well, good. Tell me what you think. Because sometimes the truth hurts, uh, but we need to hear it. And by sugarcoating shit, it doesn't help us. It doesn't help us um, at all. Because if you are a real friend or yeah. a real, you know, 
you would tell them the truth and say, hey, you know, your perspective on this, maybe you're a little too close to the situation. What yeah. if you thought about it this way? And I know we've had those conversations too. <laughs> you know, we're, we're so right. And I, I just want to say thank you so much for allowing me to contribute, but also trusting me. And thank you. Um, and I've said that before, but it, it's, but I have to really acknowledge you because you were also in the space of being receptive, right? Yeah. If you said to me, what do you really think? And in the back of your mind thought, I don't really know what she thinks and I don't really care. I'm just going to ask her anyway, but you weren't receptive, but you were receptive. And yeah. that's what really is that open communication where it's a trusting symbiotic relationship that you can do that. And that's the importance of just uh, releasing control and just being in the space. I, I always pay, I always say to people, I want to invite you to take a look at this point. I, I love the I love the word invite because that's more of a yummy inviting conversation instead of saying, "Hey, I want you to take a look at this display." Yeah. So it, it, exactly, and okay. you um, hit the nail on the head because there was a before I decided to go into coaching and things like that. You had said to me because I had particular issue with one of the coaches I had had, and she, she drove me freaking crazy. <laughs> to be quite honest and you said well did you lay the boundaries down of what you expected from this person and I had to think about it and no I didn't and so that was my fault and you know there's certain certain things that you can say with different people and um but you should always be upfront and honest so the first question I ask my coaching clients is what do you expect from me you know if you expect this, this, and this, but you react a different way. How would you like me to respond to that? You and, got it. And you are, were one of the ones that like, well, you needed to have that conversation or you wouldn't be this like, freaked out yeah. right now. Yeah. And uh, so the, that that is an amazing piece of advice. And I thank you for that. Uh, we have our friend so Tim welcome. here with us. Tim, I hope you're out of the ER and feeling better and are at home. I really hope you're not watching this from the ER. I but if you so. are, share with all your friends. No. <laughs> <laughs> our, our, my friend Tim yeah. is from Pennsylvania, so I know he wasn't feeling earlier, feeling well earlier. And uh, he's actually the next guest on my show. Oh, no, wait. I'm doing another special episode because I, I just got to put this out there uh, because this I if you want to talk about this, you don't have to. Uh, cancer has touched a lot of our families. And uh, this is Cancer Survivor Month. So I have opened my platform to all cancer survivors or current cancer patients that want to share their story and be heard. Because I know a lot of the times, we just they just want to be heard. They just want to share their story. They just want to feel share how crappy everything's been. But they always see the positive in it. And I don't know. I don't know if anybody saw the episode on Friday with Amanda Eby, but oh my gosh, it was amazing. And I'm having another special guest this Wednesday, Steve Sullivan, uh, who's going to be sharing his, he's had leukemia for over 30 years. Oh, and goodness. I know, right? Um, but sorry, I didn't mean to steal, steal your thunder. No, but I, no. If you wanted to share that, it's up to you. Yeah, actually, thank you. I was just, it's so funny. I was just going to share that. So thank you for that. Um, yeah, so uh, the story is uh, eight years ago, 
Um, my husband was diagnosed with a very rare um, colorectal tumor. Um, he was given three months to live, six months at best. And, um, you know, in that moment in time, I remember in the doctor's office, everything slowed down and went into slow motion. I can't even describe it. Like, it, you could almost see the, the particles in the air. Like, everything slowed down. Like, I, it was almost like a whoa. Like, it was really one of those. Yeah. And I remember looking at my husband. He was sitting on the bed. I was sitting on the chair. The doctor came in and said, do you want good news or bad news? And we're like, I don't know. Um, and she just, she basically said, you know, you're really young, uh, 45, and I'm going to hit you really hard, but you need to go home and get your affairs in order. And um, you might have three months, six months at best. So we're going to hit you hard. And so that began the, um, that began the um, whole process of, holy crap, is this actually happening to us? And one of the things that we both saw is, why is this actually happening? We're really good people. Like, we're really good people. Like, cancer happens. Like, cancer happens. Like, cancer only happens to bad people, right? Like, is that, is that crazy? But that's the moment that you thought, like, I'm a good person. Why is this happening? But um, I'm telling you, my husband has, he is one of the most positive people I know. So he's now eight years uh, cancer free. I know, I know, I know, I know. So amazing. And that is amazing. Uh, it is amazing. And in that moment, I mean, we had to come home and tell her our then 16 year old and our then 10 year old that, you know, daddy might not be here in three months. And so uh, we started, it's so interesting because that, he was diagnosed on my birthday, November the 1st. And his big, big surgery at the Toronto at Mount Sinai was on his birthday. March 25th. So, I mean, out of all the days, right? And so. Let's just um, hit the birthdays. <laughs> crazy. But that, what I was going to say is that, talk about belief systems. So, um, that Christmas, we're big Disney fans. So, we always watch the Christmas Day Parade. Um, you know, I make, you know, homemade breakfast and we sit down around the TV and we watch the parade. And, and so, that Christmas was very different because he said, you know, next Christmas day, I want to be in Disney. And I just gulped. And I thought, dear God, you better give me some strength. And I just turned to him. And I remember, and I could just hear my dad in my, in my head. And he said, every bad situation never lasts. And I looked at him and I said, honey, I'm going to make it happen. And we were there the next Amazing. Christmas. Amazing. Amazing. Um, and so just from that perspective is you almost have to commit yourself to A, know that there's going to be a better day. Bad situations don't last forever. And really believe it with every breath that you take. And it's almost like you have to, like you've heard the saying, burn the boats. You really have to burn the boats. That there is no other decision means to cut off. Yes? And exactly. Life. So we need to be able to cut off any other thought. I mean, I could have gone down the rabbit hole and said, what are you talking about? You just had like surgery. You've had an ostomy put in. You like just craziness, right? Yeah. We don't even know. We haven't even had your big surgery yet. Um, 
but I didn't allow myself to be there. And some people say, oh my gosh, you know, um, I remember my cousin calling me from BC and, and uh, she had said to me, she said, you sound so calm. She goes, are you medicated? <laughs> no, so it's just a glass of wine. <laughs> just a glass of wine. Well, a glass of wine. Um, but I said, you know what? I said, a tall glass. A tall glass. A glass water. Um, but that's so funny, right? And I, and I said, I said, I choose. But here's the thing that Every moment in time, as bad as the situation. So I remember, my dad was putting the fire, I mean, the firing line. And so I had to take it to heart to, this is a bad situation. Yeah. This situation was a bad situation. Yeah. But also from a perspective that it will not last. And I will prevail. We will prevail. Yeah, we're going to make the memories that we need to and, and so on and so forth. So... It's uh, it's the stories that they it doesn't last. Our friend Carl from the UK says wine works too. Wine <laughs> I love friend. it. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah. is Carl's beer bearded banner, and they have beer on his show normally. Oh. So, but for him to say wine works, that's pretty good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah, it's so funny because my dad, when we got married, my dad made a barrel of white and a barrel of red wine for Ooh. our wedding. I know. So, and we had rented these tall fountains. So they had poured in all these bottles of wine. So you would just go up and just as it streamed, you just stream into your glass. So at 11 o'clock, our wedding was practically over. We were loading people into cabs because <laughs> the wow. wine fountains, the wine fountains. Yeah. Yeah. The wine fountains. That would have been a yeah. damn good time. <laughs> it was, it was a great, it was a great wedding. It was a great wedding. Yeah, my big fat Greek wedding. That was my life. So I love that movie. We should yeah. watch that movie together sometime and drink. I'd love, <laughs> I'd love that. I'd love that. Yeah, yeah. So so that's what it is. It's just it's our belief systems drive our life. Yeah. They drive our life. And our belief systems, we you know, they we want we want to drive them away from eliminate pain right? To move mm -hmm. towards pleasure. That's the only thing that our belief systems do. Right. Right. Is, that, that yeah. is so true. Yeah. And I, yeah. sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I just, no. it reminds me of a story because when yeah. my dad um, was on dialysis, he had started off as a simple cold, ended up going blind in the driveway. That's why he ended up going, my mom rushing him to the hospital. He hadn't kept anything down. He's on morphine to alleviate the pain from his neck and his back injuries that he sustained. Um, so he went into renal failure and went went from Chatham Hospital, Windsor Hospital, for those of you who don't, don't know, that's about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on what side of Chatham you live on, hmm. and especially to the hospital here in town. Um, so he got here and he, they immediately started the next day within 24 hours of dialysis. And for most people, if you start dialysis, you never get off of it unless you've had a transplant. That's right. So my, I, but, but God, uh, I had everybody that I could think of praying for my dad. And I had, um, I refused, like when I saw him in that bed, it's like my, I had a friend of mine that says, you know, that it doesn't look good. Right. You know, that he's, he's dying. Right. I'm like, I don't believe that. 
And I don't want to hear that come out of your mouth. I said, I thank you for your opinion, but I don't want to hear that come out of your mouth. And the only thing that I'm ever going to say is that he will get through this. Of this, I am certain he will live through. And right. within four months of dialysis, he was off dialysis. Not a transplant wow. at all. Not a transplant. His creatinine levels kept on rising. And or lowering whatever they were supposed to do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah the reverse of what was yeah, what was reality. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the doctor says, I have never seen anything like this. It was Dr. Cadre from the Windsor team. So if any mm -hmm. listeners are here that knows the team, shout out to Dr. Cadre. That's um, right. And he is, he, he says, you know, I've never ever seen this. I said, well, it's the power of prayer. That's all I can tell you. And I said, yeah. Doctor, I said, don't take this the wrong way. I said, but I hope I never have to see you again. <laughs> and he said, likewise. <laughs> likewise. But isn't that, but you hit upon it. Yeah, that's the thing is you need to stand in the space of we get to create whatever we want. And yeah. I've, when I've said that sometimes to people, um, they look at me like, okay, like take your rose colored glasses off. Like this is a really shitty situation. It is. And every, I don't know any situation that bad situation that's not a shitty situation. Like you, it's 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 really bad, right? Yeah. Um, so do do I do I take my rose color glasses off? Um, I do. Um, the reality is, we still get to be in the stance of choosing at every moment and every turn, and by by the power of choice. Um, we free ourselves up from our from our shit belief systems. Right? Yeah. That uh, that is true. Yeah. If yeah. if you don't, yeah. you know, if you don't yeah. stand for something, you'll fall for anything. So that's that's it. That's it. So if we have, you know, I always I'll always love to use the formula of this. Whether you're looking at a business or a relationship or a marriage or whatever endeavor it is, starting a new business, uh, if you're leading a team, is you need to have a desire for success, right? So desire coupled with skills, new skills, yeah. multiplied by the belief that you have gives you success that you have, right? So, so, desire, so desire, desire plus skills mm -hmm. multiplied, right? You got to multiply it yeah. by beliefs, by beliefs. I love that. I'm putting that in the comments. Success. Okay, good. Share because, uh, and, I, and I think once you take a look at that, and it's it's simple. Our brain can just if you take your desire of what you want, whether you want to improve a relationship, you want to improve your bottom line, you want to improve your business, whatever that is, you add in new skills, right? You add in new skills, and then you multiply it by your belief system, whatever that is. That's what true success is. That's so and. True. It's so true. And that's from, you know, optimism is a learned. It's people are not born just optimistic, right? As a child, you know, you have a child and it starts to walk and you don't take that child and say, you know, trying to teach it to walk. Walk. Why are you why are you falling? You just say, come on, come on, you do it over again. Oh, we're gonna do it again. Child doesn't fall down five times, you go, Oh, forgot it. Honestly, you just don't know how to do this. Some parents so much, but <laughs> I got it. I know, I know. But really, but it's, it's so optimism and all those. It's a learned belief system. You know, linking. You have to link enough pain. If you link enough pain to what you don't want, mm 
-hmm. and create pleasure to what you do want, yeah. that's what it's all about. Exactly. Yeah. Frank Carl here says, whatever endeavor, say that fast 10 times. Whatever, never, whatever, never, whatever, never, whatever, never, whatever, whatever, never, whatever, 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 it's just like anything, you know, just like you, uh, the saying says, you can't teach, you know, an old dog new tricks. You can, but the old dog has to have a belief system that it can. Mm -hmm. Right. And the dog has and, to want to. And the dog has to want to. You got it. Yeah. You know, and, and helplessness. I mean, just the helplessness people feel there sometimes that we've all have felt helpless in a situation, right? Mm -hmm. um and i know even through that whole you know the dark time i call it the dark time with you know my husband's cancer and his chemo and and you know literally our whole world you know stopped revolving um i had to make a decision again in that in that one moment in time that this too would not last, and this too he was going to get through and i saw him I saw us going to Disney, I saw us boarding on the plane. I saw, you know, packing the bags. And, you know, I, I see myself doing those things. And we still do. We have a lot of things here. I mean, we can't really travel right now, but right. we still talk about our next trip. You know, what are we going to do? Oh, you know, let's look at the menu of that restaurant. And, like really start dissecting what that looks like because, um, you know, that's how my dad got through that war. And that's how my husband got through that his cancer is really planning on what that good day would look like, what it would so, feel like. When are we going to Greece? Let's start planning that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I say next summer. Okay. I say next summer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Next summer. So um I, I would love that. I would love to do that because it's 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 almost like going to a, a space where you're native. I speak the language and you know we can Island hop when when I was growing up, my mom used to help me. We used to pack a backpack. We used to go to our relatives and drop our big suitcase, and we'd visit for them with an hour for sorry a week or so, and then we'd pack two backpacks and go down to the port, and a big board on all the all the ships and all the ferry boats and what island we'd be going to, and uh, my mom would go up to the portmaster and say, "What's your next ship? Where is it going?" And they would look at my mom like she was crazy. Are you a tourist? She goes, no, I'm native. <laughs> um, and there, she said, you know, I just didn't need to know where I was going. I knew wherever I'd be going, it would be a great time. Yeah. And we okay. just, we, would, we didn't have any reservations. We didn't, nobody bunny on any of these islands. And that's how we spent basically my whole entire growing up from the time I was 10 to the time I was 18 is we would island hop for three months. <laughs> nice. Oh my, <laughs> looking forward to it. Our oh, friend yeah. Gina Milton says that she'll meet us there. Oh my gosh, Gina, Gina. Yeah, I would love, and she's my Greek friend as well. And, and uh, oh. actually, 
yeah, actually her dad is in Greece right now and hopefully he's having a safe oh, travel, wow. but yeah, yes. so yeah. And our friend Carl says you can either believe you can or you can't, either way you're correct. Exactly. You're absolutely right. And that's 100% correct. And that's how, that's, that's really how I've really kind of gone through life and I continue to choose that way. Um, consciously choose every single day because and especially in this pandemic has brought up a lot of for a lot of people right mental mental well-being has been at the forefront and you know i i choose to just reach out and i send a message hey how you doing I haven't talked to you in a while hey how you doing hey what's going on how are you guys doing and just by being in the space of you were on my heart and you were on my mind today i just want to see how you're doing yeah and and that's what people just need, you know, just to yeah. know that somebody yeah. is thinking of them. Yeah, you, know? you got it. You got it. Yeah. yeah. So I, yeah. I say I want to go and do all this and that, and then I get tired and say, yeah, forget it, because I've been home for a year and a half. <laughs> I know. I know. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and me too, right? And me too. So I, I just really, I just can't wait for things to really start opening up and, and do traveling. And, and uh, but in the, until then, we have virtual, we have Zoom. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and so and so life needs to go on. Yeah. So exactly. We have another comment yes. here from our friend Carl. He says, I believe everything will be back to normal for travel for next year. I just booked a family holiday to Disney, Florida next year, just worried about the language barrier. <laughs> He's from uh, UK. Oh, uh, okay. I wow, so many You know what? We have um we have uh property in in Walt Disney World, right? So we, before this would start, we would be down there twice to three times a year. And um, it's it's just a, a space where you just meet people from all over the world, mm -hmm. right? And yeah, I, growing up, that's how I was. I, you know, I, I grew up in a home where I'd come home after school and I'd find this Ethiopian family eating at my dining room. I'm like, mom, who are these people? <laughs> They're like, Neighbor. Me, oh. No, she'd say to me, stop talking. She goes, the refugees, we have to help them. I'm like, why is that girl wearing my shirt? <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know, but she, she really came from a space of, you know, we came to Canada as my mom and dad. They didn't speak a lick of English. And so being able to help and, and associate that we're, we all got that common thread of just yeah. wanting to be connected, wanting to be significant, wanting to be loved, wanting to be accepted. And, um, you know, that that's that's all. There's no real magic. Yeah. Curse is great. He can stay with you and he'll tell his wife to cancel the hotel. <laughs> yeah, oh my gosh. Uh, listen, you, we can connect if you want. Um, we can connect and, cause I mean, we're, we're there, we were there about three times a year, right? So. We practice the nail, practice all the nicks and crannies and all the good spots. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we should have done this a long time ago. This we is, are on live TV right and, now, right? <laughs> But you know what? This is our walks, right? Is this, this not is our walks? This, this is our walks. This is our walks. We are crazy ladies. We will actually, there's a bridge where we live, guys, and we will actually stand underneath the bridge and hold our hands up, and we're supporting the bridge. Because that's what kind of crazy people we are. We support we are. everything. Oh, no. I know. 
but you know, just just being in a perspective of just really, this is the perfect time. And you know, some so many people that have talked, and we've talked about this before, is you know, what is going on with this pandemic? I mean, but this has also been the golden time to go inward, yep. to start asking the hard questions. Um, there's been a lot of families that have been hit financially and health-wise. We've lost a lot of, you know, beautiful family members and friends across the globe, right? But in the same space, we get to also, this is a perfect opportunity to start creating. Yeah. And what you said earlier with all the Zoom, um, <laughs> you know, I've met a lot of different people from around the world, which is absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm typing out, uh, your friend Gina wants to know if I have any vodka in my bubbly. Oh. And, <laughs> and honey, no, this is me natural. I am a fun girl. This is it. Yeah. Uh, I am the queen of fun. And if, yeah, you're. because, you know, if I can't have fun, then I don't want to do it. And because I spent so many years of my life suppressing who I was, yeah. that now that she's out, the girl doesn't want to go back inside. So this is me. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm actually the only one. I, I'm of Scottish descent, Irish descent, and German descent. And I'm the only one that doesn't need to drink to have fun. And that's just me. That's I, I don't need it. <laughs> I'm the same way. And it's so funny because I remember one person saying to me once, um, are you this happy like all the time? Mm -hmm. And I said, I had to say it. I said, oh, my gosh, does that make you uncomfortable? Hold on. Let me just turn it down. Hi. Um, is this better? And they're like, no, you better go back to that. I don't like this. I'm like. I only have one mode and it's on, right? It's it's not, and uh, yeah, it's on. <laughs> well, I have another mode and not too many people see it. My husband occasionally, <laughs> or my child occasionally. Yeah, yeah. You know, so but, uh, you know, when you push the button, you're about yeah. to hit the right one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, Carl, Carl's sticking up for me. He says, that's my, Gina has discovered my secret. I'm just naturally bubbly. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, but that's it. That's it. It's just it, going back. It's it's if we if we just can just push through the belief systems and what we have, that is the golden ticket. Yeah. If, if somebody could say, what is the secret to life? I can personally, I think personally, I feel that's what it is. Yeah. Um because our belief systems can get us out of any situation and can create some really shitty situations for us that can just turn our lives upside down. That is totally 100% true because I found myself going down a rabbit hole this morning and like mm. it was like shit stacking is what my friend called it because I called her <laughs> she goes you realize you're shit stacking right now right I said well I've never heard of that term before so she says I, I want like you it. to say something positive now about the situation. Keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah. She goes, you know what I'm doing with this, right? I'm like, yes, I get what you're doing with this. So yeah. it went from me being aggravated to me being, okay, now I see the other side of yeah. the situation. Yeah. Um, so I quit my shit stacking and I did yeah. my positive stacking. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, and it's, it's all about your belief of what, you know, and not to say that we don't have hard times or hard moments or Gosh, moments no. where we're in the pity That's party right. train, 
But yeah. as long as you don't stay on that pity party train less than yeah. more than a couple minutes. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I give myself a day. Like I, I give myself a day when there's, when there's something that's really, you know, horrendous, I yeah. give myself a day and that's, you know, if you know me, we've shared, I mean, I'm a bath junkie. I call myself a recovering bath addict. Um, I'm even making bath bombs now. Right. So only cause that, that was from a need, right. I'm like, no, I need clean products. Right. So, um, but I just give myself a need to just take it for 24 hours and just let it, let it be. Yeah. And then I, I have to, I have to re word a new belief about that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. So from I that perspective, that. it's, yeah. I love that. So you just have to wow. re-engineer. We're, we, we, we have to re-engineer all the time and re-engineering our belief systems is what, is what expands our success in all areas of our life. In yeah. all areas, our relationships, our business, uh, personal relationships, our relationships with our children, our spouse, our friends, reinventing, reinventing. Exactly. Yeah. Oh man, I can't believe it's, the hour's almost gone here. <laughs> I can't believe this. This has been fun. Thank you so I, much. Thank it's been you. an honor. Yeah. I just want to thank our audience too for listening in. And if you have any last minute questions for our amazing guest, Ms. Gina, uh, please put them in the comments. And Gina, I just have to say thanks for coming on. I I I know we always have fun and I wasn't hundred percent sure what would come out, <laughs> but I am so blessed that you shared your story about your dad. Like I can't even imagine growing up yeah. like that and yeah, and then living to tell about it and having children to share that legacy with. Yeah. Um, and then encouraging you, you know, you can do anything that you want. That is powerful. You know, yeah. uh, um, for a father, to, a parent to set their set up their child like that, that is pretty freaking amazing. Yeah. Um, so I, I definitely applaud your dad for for that. And uh, is there any last, I'm trying to think, any last words or any last uh last impressions as you'd want to leave our guests with tonight. Yeah. I think the two things that come to mind really pronounced is always know that you have an opportunity to choose, to choose, just sit with it, choose to choose. And remember the belief system that you create that one belief can either catapult your life, your business, your relationships, or it can destroy. So you get to choose. You get to choose. Choice is yours. That is awesome. Is I love that. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's been wonderful. Yes. Thank you so much. And <laughs> thanks again to our lovely guests uh, that were here this evening. And uh, we will be back. We have a special episode. Uh, oh, Gina here. The power to choose. Love it, G. I thought that was my nickname for you. Princess uh, G. Everyone, there's so many people call me G. I'm the G girl. G. The G. G. The G. That is awesome. So, yes, please join us uh, Wednesday for another special episode of Cancer Survivors, since we are celebrating Cancer Survivor uh, Month. And I might even extend it to indefinite um, because there is a special place in my heart for uh, mm -hmm. cancer survivors and cancer people that are going through cancer. Um, so, if you are a survivor and you want to share your story, um, please contact me here on Facebook or LinkedIn. I can be found on LinkedIn at Dorothy, Dorothy Ann Graham Odell and on Facebook at Dorothy Graham Odell. Uh, or you can 
I'll put my uh, Gmail in the comments, which is Dorothy Graham 408 at gmail gmail.com. I know all these different last names. <laughs> but we can actually fully open up and I can get everything changed at the same time. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, with that, uh, thanks again so much, Sheena. I, I love Thank your you art. Thank you so much. Thank and, you. Uh, I can't wait for our next walk. <laughs> yeah. We got to book that and a hot tub night. Yes. We'll stay tuned. <laughs> I'll book that with you in just one minute. But uh, okay. everybody, have a great night. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone. Thank you.